Welcome to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help take you to the next step in your relationship with Christ. Tough Talk Christian Radio is brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. Now here's your host, Tony Gambone. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Tony Gambone, and this is Tough Talk Christian Radio, coming to you live from uh, right outside of Houston, Texas, a town called Katy, Texas, and in the studios of Tough Talk Radio Network. Uh, super excited today, as I always am. Every Wednesday brings me to a, a new place. Uh, you know, we go to church on Sunday, and we leave feeling good, and by doing this Christian radio show on Wednesdays, it allows me to dip back in and remember that I'm supposed to feel good all week long, and you just kind of stay in the Word and stay on the right side and do the right things, and you know, in our busy world, it's kind of hard to get uh, uh, stay in that path. Uh, it's very easy to step out of out of the lane, so to speak, right? So um, this is probably a, a guardrail for me that keeps me on my path in the middle of the week when I tend to be, veer off. And unfortunately, I probably should do one every day because, well, that's just who I am. Anyway, great show lined up today. And before we get to our guest today, I just want to go over a couple of things. One is you can call into the show. Three four seven nine eight nine one three six three, and just listen to the show by phone, or you could dial in and ask a question by dialing three four seven nine eight nine one three six three. Press the number one to connect with the uh, host of the show, uh, and then also you can find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and everywhere is their social media by just going to Tough Talk Radio Network. If you want to be a guest to the show, you can go to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Uh, dot com and register to be a guest. We'd love for you to bring what God's doing in your world, uh, what you've noticed, what you've found, and just the miracles that might have taken place along the way. Unfortunately, it seems as though we'd have to go through some hard times before we recognize the beauty of the Lord and the miracles that are around us all day long that we just stay too busy to recognize. Anyway, my guest today is a gentleman uh, from my church, and I'm really excited about that because, well, it's just, when I get to learn more about the people, you know, you go to church on Sunday, you meet someone, or maybe they work at the church, and you get to spend, I don't know, one, two minutes talking to them, and then, you know, you got to get on your way, because there's a lot of things going on, and they're working, and you don't want to be bothering anybody, but today I get to spend a good 20 minutes with uh, with my guest today, Mr. Ken Gross, and learn more about a, a counseling service that he provides, and, and we're talking about addictions and different things, and, you know, with today's world with the word of COVID that's about us. And, you know, it's, uh, well, people are dying from it. People are not responding to it. Some people are wearing masks. Some people are getting crazy. It's causing all kinds of havoc in our world, okay? I know that there's people suffering from anxiety, uh, from depression. Uh, there's some people that aren't phased from it at all, so they say. There's just a lot of things. This is a new time in our country where things are way different. Uh, some people might say it's political. Some people might say it's not. There's just a lot of things going on, but it just seems to be out of hand with aggression. People seem to be angry. People seem to be taking action like never before in an aggressive way, and it's kind of scary. Uh, I know that uh, in this area here we see a lot of uh, road rage, uh, don't know what causes all that. Uh, not the expert myself. Uh, I know that I struggle myself from time to time with making sure that I provide love instead of anger. 
You know, um, it's easy to get upset. It's hard to love um, on a daily basis. But we're going to talk to a gentleman today who's very versed in helping people with that and, and, and super excited about that because in today's world with COVID, you just don't know which way to go. Uh, you don't know what to believe. Uh, is there enough information? Is it our own stubbornness? Is it is it something that we just don't understand? Are we not getting enough information? And all those things will play a part on us, it seems, where we act differently than we would have, well, let's say, uh, 24 months ago. So uh, interested to find out some of those uh, questions or answers to the, some of those questions here today on the show. Um, I just want to, before we take a little break, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows that uh, today the challenge from me to you is to look around and uh, see what's going on in your world and how are you participating in that in a positive way. Now, I know I look around, and I try to use myself as an example because, well, I'm a struggle in action. But the thing of it is, is I look around, and I see a lot of things going on. Uh, we have a, a family-owned business, and I'm blessed to be very, very busy. But sometimes that doesn't make me as happy as I think it should, or I don't allow that to allow me to overlook things that aren't that important. So what is it in your world that you see going on that you're – not allowing to let go of so that you could be a better servant to your neighbor, to your employee, to your spouse, to your family. Uh, what is that going on? And can you recognize it? Will you take time to recognize it? And will you take a step forward to try to serve in a different way? Now, look, I'm going to tell you right off the get-go, I'm not good at doing all this stuff. That's why I make it a challenge, so I participate as well. But I figure if I can recognize my problems and I can step forward towards it, well, I've gotten the first step taken care of. Now, the rest is a work in action. So I don't claim to be able to help you with that, but maybe you want to connect with our guest after the show today and talk to him about it. So let me take a short commercial break. And before so, make sure to go to uh, toughtalkchristianradio.com. Register to be a guest if you can tell us your struggles through COVID, or call into the show, 347-989-1363. And now I just want to let you hear something from a local nonprofit here uh, in the Katy, Texas area, and it's a foundation that, well, I think that more people need to be made aware of. So let me just find this commercial. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day -day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. All right. We're back. My name is Tony Gambona. If you missed the beginning of the show, well, we won't hold it against you. Go back and listen to it on the recording. Uh, this is Tough Talk Christian Radio, and today we're going to be talking to a gentleman by the name of Ken Gross, and he is originally from England. And, well, I met him at my church, The Fellowship. Let's just throw that in here. Katy, Texas, uh, The Fellowship is a church that I've been going to now for a little bit over a year. 
and super excited about the people I keep meeting there. So without wasting any time, let's welcome Ken to the show. Ken, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Tony. I'm glad to be here and can enjoy what we talk about, my subject. So where would you like to start? Okay, so it's it, it says that you're originally from England and spent time in Saudi Arabia and became a Christian at the age of 33. So um, most people that I meet became a Christian at a very young age, uh, and I always seem to stand out because I would think I was 54 when it happened for me. And so now at the age of 33, can we talk about how that came about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, kind of interesting. So um, I... I met my wife um, in Saudi Arabia, and, um, and I followed her to the States. <laughs> and um, she decided it was time for her to get back in church. And so we started going to a local church here in Houston. And um, I said I would go uh, to, um, to like, be a good companion to her, right? Uh, and then the truth is I, I went to go to try to control her. It was absolutely the truth right, back then. And I found myself getting drawn in by the sermons. And um, so one day they said in uh, the very end of a, uh, the sermon that they did an altar call, which is very rare in this particular church, an altar call. And they said, knowing what's on the other side of your decision for Christ is impossible. It's a faith decision. You have to go in not knowing. It's a very, very big risk. And that appealed to me, psychologically speaking, appealed to me. So I took off down the aisle and left my wife behind talking to people and she didn't, didn't know I'd gone and um, I gave my life to Christ right there and then I was 33 so I went as a control freak and came out different so, so that's, that's, that's how it happened to me that's interesting yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. that is awesome so um, you were in England Saudi Arabia like how did that take place and, and what were you doing that brought you from England to Saudi Arabia all right. So in England, you know, grew up, went to high school, went to um, went to work out of high school. Uh, they paid for me to get a degree at the University of London in chemistry and physics. Then I stayed working for a while. At age 25, I got a job working for Aramco, which is the Arabian American oil company, and left and went to Saudi Arabia in 1978. And uh, I was there for seven years. And so. It was my science background that took me there. They converted me into a supervisor, paid for me to get an MBA from Oklahoma. And about three months after I got that, I left and came over here to the States to, um, to join the financial services industry, which I stayed in from, from the mid-80s all the way to 2018. And I retired from that. Now, in the middle of all of this, I was at a local church here, Kingston Baptist Church at the time, and um, joined this special Sunday school class. Um, it was called a recovery class. It was all about mental health in the church, basically. People recovering from grief, people recovering from um, divorce, people recovering from drugs, alcohol, all kinds of things people recovering from. And I was part of that group. I learned how to do group work, you know, support group work. There eventually... I was leading groups, and now I actually teach how to lead groups. We've written a whole book on it. And um, yeah. at some point in time, I ended up at the fellowship, and I told the pastor what I wanted to do. And he said to me, I've been waiting for 15 years 
for this. And what I did was I, I started a ministry called Marin Now Healing Ministry, and it's a Christian support group ministry. Um, and now all along the way, I'm doing one-on-one work or sometimes couple work. Uh, so I'm doing pastoral type counseling. And I realized in 2013, I did not know what I was doing well enough. So I went back to school again to get a degree in counseling. Eventually, um, I got a license, you know, fully licensed. I own my own practice now called Merlin Now Counseling. And um, I have seven therapists working with me in the practice. And so it all started, though, in, at Kingston with the recovery group. So I, I learned a lot kind of along the way about how to do one-on-one work. And that's how it all happened. And now I'm back in school. I'm doing a doctorate. I'll be, a, I'll be Dr. Ken in a while uh, with addiction as my specialty. So that's a long answer to a small, no. small question. Well, yeah, but uh, that's good stuff. I mean, I, uh, you know, every Sunday we go to church and they tell you to join a life group, a small group, uh, just a group uh, to meet other people and experience what they're experiencing and kind of know that you're not going through the same thing alone. And, and then there's the, mm-hmm. the recovery groups like you're in. And you never think that it would take you to that mm-hmm. level uh, of changing your whole way of earning a living, doing life, actually. So... Uh, as mm-hmm. at first, uh, well, that's one of a few stories that I've heard that just by attending something at church changed someone's life around. Now, when you talk about addictions, I, I was talking in the beginning with COVID. You know, there's a lot of, uh, well, there's just a lot of, for lack of a better word, crap going on uh, with mm-hmm. the, with with COVID. I mean, mental health-wise, it seems as though um, – I don't know, maybe people are using that as an excuse. Maybe it's real. The depression, the anxiety, the being locked up in the house. I know seniors are not able to do what they used to do. Uh, senior homes are di- different. What's your take on all that? I mean, I believe it's got a lot of truth to it, but uh, I don't know how people get help mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, so I'm going to start from the global view, the the, the 30,000-foot view with um, the restrictions and limiting ourselves from activity, uh, we're violating the first rule of mental health, which is make sure you have good connection. So, so to be a healthy person, you have to have healthy people around you, right? So that's why at church, for example, we talk about groups a lot. All these churches talk about small groups. So there's a reason for that. People are healthier in small groups than they are outside of small groups. And that's, that's true whether you believe in God or not. It's just absolutely true. So when we get stuck at home through COVID restrictions, we can't see people. We're separated. We're, doing, we're violating that rule of being in healthy relationship. So if you've got tendencies to be compulsive in your drinking or drugs or um, cleaning house, I mean, all kinds of things we do that can be called addictive behaviors, then they, they're going to be coming out. They're going to be high. If you don't do well being on your own, you develop loneliness, and loneliness drives you to maybe drinking whiskey. And all kinds of things happen. Um, it's been very damaging to older people and really, really damaging to school kids. It wouldn't surprise me if in four or five years we have to start keeping our kids back a year because they've missed out, because kids need other kids mm. to grow up with, you know, and... And so here they are stuck, and they, they're developing mental health problems 
due to being alone, to not being able to socialize. Socialization is very important for children. So, so all kinds of behaviors become more compulsive. Your tendency is to be, become more extreme. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we hear stories of people um, abusing spouses, either way, male or female. Um, that's going to be coming up. Uh, we, we often we will neglect ourselves, so we don't you know, exhibit good self-care when we're stuck at home. And these are bad habits to form, and it's been going on for well, a year and a half. So none of these things surprise yeah. me. The real problem is, will they get help? Will they choose to go to get help? Will they become part of groups when they, when they come out? Or they've got so used to being alone, they're going to stay that way. You know, stay, stay that way. I just, um, you know, we've had a lot of people come in here because of this. We've seen a lot of people getting angry. Anger is a very, very big, big problem. Um, and it's often it's anger that drives someone's anxiety. You know, it's, it's the underlying emotion behind anxiety. And if your anxiety is not regulated well, like if you can't control it, don't know how to deal with it, you're going to become physically sick, probably. You've, I mean, most of us have heard people who get anxious and they have stress in their neck or their shoulders or their gut or their heart or their legs. But it can affect any part of the body. So anxiety is very, very dangerous. And I think anxiety is the mm. biggest single mental health problem in the U.S., personally. So you want to ask a bit more about that? So you're saying that, yeah, you're saying that, so anxiety uh, or the this, this stress involved, I mean, they say stress will kill you, and it makes a lot of sense now what you're saying that, uh, the anxiety, uh, if you're stuck at home, if you're not around other mm-hmm. people that keep you on a different path, it's so easy to do that. And that anxiety could actually cause your, well, I mean, you could take a person that's perfectly healthy and put all that mm-hmm. anxiety in them and they could they can have health issues. They will. Without I mean, actually having, Yeah. It's been it's been proven many many times a lot of research that your psychological state can affect your body, and anxiety is the the big big issue there. It's called uh, somatic illnesses. You've heard of psychosomatic illnesses, where people have illnesses mm-hmm. and they have no idea where they come from. There's no you can't find a medical cause. They doctors test people over and over again for this that and the other. They do blood tests. They do. MRIs, CT scans, all kinds of things, when actually it's a mental health problem, not a physical problem. You're not dealing with your anxiety. And, and when you say a mental health problem, Ken, and, you know, first, people, mm-hmm. first thing people say is, I, I don't have mental issues. It's just a phrase. It's not saying that you're mentally ill, basically. It's just saying that you have issues that need to be dealt with and you need to be talking mm-hmm. to a professional to deal with it. I mean, you just can't, you know, I don't recommend sitting down with your spouse to go over that and or your friend, you know. I mean, you really need to get professional help. And if someone was to do that, let's say they wanted to reach out to you, how would they contact you? Um, they contact me by email or, or by phone. It's usually the way most people contact me. I get a lot of, you know, referrals. Publicizing my phone number. Yeah, sure. It's because, yeah, pe- well, um, people people text 
me out of the blue. People email me out of the blue. They they call me you know, any any one of the ways. So if if you're all right, I can give you my phone number now if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Let everyone know so you know because today they might not think it, but next week when they listen to a recording, they might think, hey, well you know maybe I do need to talk to someone. Okay, so my number is eight three two seven zero seven three two three six. Let me say it again: eight three two seven zero seven three two three six. So there's myself and there's seven other counselors that I can refer people to. So if you've got kids, you know we have a couple of ladies here who help kids. Um, if you've got uh, medical illnesses, you know a couple of us do work on that. If you need trauma trauma work, you know we have four of us here trained in special ways to help trauma victims. So we've got all kinds of uh, capability here. I do want to talk about mental health, mental health versus mental illness. So mental health um, is, everybody has struggled with mental health, every, every human. The only one that ever that did not was Jesus, right? So we all struggle with mental health. And um, it's like if you have broken your leg, are you just going to leave it sit there unbroken? No, you're going to go get help. That's, that's your physical health. Right? But if you have cancer, that's life-threatening. Mental illness can be life-threatening, and they're different. Mental health and mental illness are different. And uh, there's very few people in the population that are truly mentally ill. Some of them are. For example, schizophrenics. They will be called mentally ill. People with bipolar disorder will be called mentally ill. And these are lifetime challenges for people. Um, but if you've got a temporary depression, that's just a mental health issue. Go work on it, and usually you can overcome it. So, and if that help? If you don't work on it, it could become a lifetime issue then, correct? If, if you don't work on it, um, it, it very rarely clears up by itself, but sometimes it can. Um, but the problem with things like depression or anxiety is they, they are debilitating. They stop you from functioning. You don't want to get out of the bed in the morning. You don't want to drive down the street a certain, you know, a certain street. You don't want to go to work anymore. They, de- they debilitate you, but they can be dealt with temporarily. They can be helped with medication, um, but sometimes the medication doesn't work very well. And they can be helped by talk therapy. Sometimes, really, honestly, talking to your friend might help. Um, that's a form of talk therapy. You know, talk therapy has been around a long time. It's just never called that. It was just called talking to your friend. Right. You know, the Bible advises right. us to do that. Right. So we've, we've kind of formalized right. it with therapy. I would think that talking to a stranger would be easier because you wouldn't feel as though you were letting secrets out to your friends that you were afraid to let them know. Is that true? Yeah. Um, that's that's part of the issue, but there are two there are two bigger issues that um, uh, are more important. I think first is that um, a, a counselor, a therapist, uh, are trained to be non-judgmental. Okay, so whereas a friend is not, and we have a tendency in, in this culture to judge one another or criticize one another, where you should not be getting that from your therapist. So so you avoid the issue of judgmentalism. And the second thing is um, the guidance you can get from a therapist is likely to be of a higher quality and, and more useful than guidance you'd get from 
um, you know, somebody in the street. So uh, advice giving is an important issue. You know, we, we're trained not to give advice. Um, sometimes we have to give some strong guidance to people, sometimes not. But if I'm going to give you strong guidance, it's, it's likely to be based on your research, what, what we've learned about people over time. But your friend or your life group or your pastor even usually doesn't know. It's hard to get good advice and good and, and no judgment from other people. Those are those two primary reasons I think uh, counseling is a useful thing to engage in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. That makes good sense. stuff. Now, yeah. When, yeah, oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, I was just glad to hear that everyone has mental issues. I thought I was in a group by myself. Now I'm, I'm with a bunch of others. And, you know, it, 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 all joking aside, I mean, there's things that happen in our lives that I think that we just push to the back of our head and, you know, it's there. We just don't recognize it, but it's still working on us and it makes us act a certain way. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think um, a lot of us have, we're in some form of denial about something. You know, so one of the first ones I ever ran across was a guy in my recovery group at my church, Kingsland, where I was going at the time. He came in on Sunday mornings and said, my wife thinks I've got a drinking problem. It's like, and I, all I do is drink a six-pack every evening. I come home and I have a six-pack and I'm fine in the morning. I don't have a hangover. And so there's, there's a man in denial about his, about his drinking problem. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out in the end that he's verbally abusive to his wife. Now, there's the issue. And he, he, by the way, he was anxious. That was, his, his anxiety drove him to drinking. But, so a lot of us are in denial about mm. things. Um, you know, we, we, don't, um, we don't give our employer a proper day's work for the pay we're getting. We, uh, we drive too fast. We, um, we, we flood one another. And what I mean by that is um, if, if a guy comes home and his wife talks nonstop for 15 minutes, she is flooding him he's not going to want to come home. So both of them are in denial about what's going on. So we, so we minimize true struggles you know, to avoid dealing with them. And we think by ignoring things like anxiety, it will go away, which it never will. You have to deal with it. Hopefully I've answered your question. Yes, sir. I want to talk about the name of your, of your organization, and it's Miriam now, but it's not spelled similar to that. Could you, could you, first of all, spell the website out for people so they can go and visit it? But explain how that came about and why you chose that. Sure. All right. So Miriam now, M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O, is a Koine Greek, the, the Greek language used by Jesus. Um, it's a word there, and it comes from the scripture. 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, castle your cares on him, for he cares for you. So that first cares word, castle your cares, sometimes it's translated burdens, sometimes troubles, and sometimes anxieties. That is merimna in the original manuscript, Greek manuscript. We just changed the tense of it for our, our purposes, merimna. So you could say anxiety counseling ministry if you wanted to. That's how it, that came from. That's why I chose that. Um, it's very unusual. Yeah, no one can say it. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> I don't know if I would call up if it was anxiety now. 
You know what I mean? Uh, probably, yeah. uh, you know, so admitting to something yeah, like so that. So Mary Mel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. MaryMel.com is the website, and uh, on there, we, the explanation I just gave you about the word is is found on there. Also on that website, there are um, our therapists are all there's a pictures of them. So if you go by pictures, you can use pictures of people, and then a short description of kind of about them or what they do. So you get a bit of a bio on everybody. And sometimes uh, people will call me and say, I want to talk to this person. I've read her bio and I like her. So, um, so we're very open. We, are, we, we do have a statement of faith. We are Christians who counsel. We're not Christian counselors. There's a, a bit of a definition issue there. So we're all believers. So, um, our staff meetings open with prayer and devotion. We, we practice um, living the Christian life. And uh, in counseling sessions, if you don't want Christian counseling, you just have to tell them, I don't want to hear about faith. So we, we, um, we operate under, yeah. because you, someone, the person sitting on my couch basically is employing me for that hour. And so I'm going to do what they ask me to do. And this is, this is I like line. that. I like that. Yeah. Now, can you talk, I, I, I know time goes quickly here. And and uh, mm-hmm. what I'd like to make sure of is is uh, what it, what with, if I come to therapy, what am I to expect? I, I mean, you kind of touched on it, you know that that you're Christians that are counselors, but it's not mm-hmm. you're not preaching Jesus more or less. Uh, you're just mm-hmm. you're just a Christian that it, it does counseling, and if more mm-hmm. is wanted with Christ involved in it, that's an opportunity. If none is as well, but is there more? There's, I would think, more to that to expect while you're in therapy. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that can happen in therapy. So the initial meeting or two would normally be a consultative kind of a process where we're just talking with one another, getting to know one another. Um, I usually personally go through my history, like I did earlier, and I got all these things on my wall that people could see, and I would talk to them and try to develop a a, like an alliance with them, a rapport, and it's, it's been true. It's been discovered through research that about 40% of success in counselling comes because of the relationship between the counsellor and the person on the couch. So, if, this, if that relationship is not there, it's, it's going to be a possibility you won't be successful. So, so that's one thing that has to happen, really from the get-go, the first one or two meetings. Um, the second thing is I try to determine if the person in front of me or the couple in front of me are actually willing to do the work that's necessary to get better. So I would, I'll, I'll talk to them about that, about willingness. Uh, I all, almost always ask about faith um, verbally in that meeting. Do you want faith brought into this? And some will say yes, some will say no. And so I let them lead me on that. Um, they have documentation to fill in. Um, so I give them a, a, a physical 24-page document they have to fill in, a lot of checkboxes on all kinds of things, uh, like, um, you know, ha- have you lived in many places? So you know, are you sleeping well? And what, what drugs are you taking? All kinds of things that we have to find out that affect someone's mental health. So, so coming in the first two meetings are largely about that. 
Um, I personally like to listen to people's stories. I think there's a lot of things in the stories that are helpful. So there'll be storytelling. About two-thirds of the time in a session is uh, taken up by the person on the couch speaking. And I will speak about a third of the time. And then as, as those first two meetings are going on, I'm beginning to assess the person's situation. So many times they'll come in for one thing and actually be something else. So a big, big example of that is some people come in for depression. Actually, the problem is anxiety. So that's very common. Um, when people come in with uh, drinking problems, often there's a second or third problem that goes with it, like gambling or sex. The, the, you have to treat both of those things at the same time. You can't just treat drinking. You have to treat everything all at the same time. Otherwise, you won't get success. I mean, that's why rehabs fail a lot because you don't, they don't treat both, both or three different things at one time. So that's kind of the early part of what they Interesting. Check. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so it seems as though, because we're running out of time here, it seems as though we're going to need to have you back on the show periodically, especially with COVID going on, uh, because there's so much to touch on. And with the anxiety thing, which is huge, mm-hmm. that really was, well, I think that was a real eye-opener because in today's world, uh, I think it's so much more anxiety going on than ever before because of the fact that uh, what you said, which made so much sense, there's no connection with the outside world or other people. Uh, and it's very scary to think that our children moving forward are going to have to take a giant step backwards uh, because of this mm-hmm. here and how that's going to affect them moving forward into life as they take care of us seniors as we get older. Uh, it's kind of scary, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of scary yeah. stuff. And yeah. so I hope that you'll take, a, take an opportunity to come back with us. I'd like to talk more about, and I posted on Facebook, uh, your books, uh, you you are an mm-hmm. author. I think you've written three different books on emotional prison prisons, and uh, mm-hmm. you've done some recovery workbooks as well, Christian workbooks. So um, tell people once again, Ken, how they can connect with you, how they can visit your office or you or on social media to, to make sure that they learn more about how you can help them. Sure, sure, sure. We have a web. Uh, webpage, uh, merriamnow.com, M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O.com. A lot of information on there for you. Uh, you can contact me, um, Ken Gross, K-E-N-G-R-O-S-S, at merriamnow.com by email, or you can call me or text me, 832-707-3236, and um, I'll be happy to get back with you. So, yeah, they, they can do that. Yeah, nice. No? Yeah, I can come on again. I've got many subjects I can talk about. Addiction is my specialty. Love to I, do that. And I always ask my um, guests to leave something. Now, here we are in the eighth month of the year, and Lord only knows what's coming up. But let, what's one little thing that you could tell people to do that might help them experience a better rest of the year? I very much think that our attachments, our relationships, are what keeps us in good shape. And I think that love on the people that you care for and, and be connected with people and try to have you know, several, several people in your life that you will consider close. 
to go out and seek relationship. You know, whether you, whether you wear masks mm-hmm. or not, that's up to you. But, but, but be in relationship with people and be in authentic relationship with people. Authentic. Love it. Tell them your stuff. I like that. Authentic. Yeah. Be in authentic relationships. That's awesome. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Ken, I can't thank you enough for okay. spending time with us today. I know you're a busy guy. I look forward to you're seeing welcome. you at church and also as well as getting you back on the show. And uh, one one last question. When is the fourth book coming out? I am in the middle of doing a doctorate, Tony. I have no time to write. I am writing papers. I'm reading books like crazy. I've got a, a year and a half left on it. Um, hopefully I'll write my thesis you know, in that time. That's, that's what I'm working on. So, awesome. New books. Well, we're, we're, like I said, very thankful that you had time to spend with us today and share what you're doing to help others. And I hope that the people out there will take a minute and think about what you said about connection, whether it's with or without a mask. It, just stay, stay in front of, you know, the people that you love and love on them. I always say love the mm-hmm. people that are around you and love the people you don't want to be around even more. So it's a hard thing to do, but... We all need to be doing something. So, Ken, thank you for your time today. You're welcome, Tony. All right. Thank you. All right. Folks, we've kind of ran over, so I'm just going to wrap it up real fast. Uh, I, I, I love what, what Ken said uh, about uh, how we need to stay connected and how we have to make sure our kids stay connected, whether they're working from home in school or in school and whatever it is. Just remember, the way we act around our kids is the way they think. So you have to be careful of that as well. So maybe we all need to get a little bit of therapy. Uh, maybe we all need to make more connections. And one of the things I always try to make sure I do is love the people around me, but the people that I don't want to be around, I try to love them more. Hard to do sometimes, but it is a challenge. And, well, I'm always up for a challenge, and I hope you are as well. Make sure to connect with Ken. Uh, I'm going to get. I'm going to spell the website so you have the opportunity to go there. M e r i m n a o dot com. And uh, hey, if you go to the fellowship, if you're in Katy, stop in the fellowship on Sunday. Meet Ken personally. Super guy, great accent, and I'll tell you what, he's a hoot, as they say here in Texas. He will give you a hard time and and laugh right along with you. I really enjoyed my time with him, Kane. I hope that uh, you have a blessed week, and I'm so thankful for you spending time with us today. Hope everyone else will tune back in next Wednesday when we have another guest. And if you want to share your information on the show, go to toughtalkchristianradio.com. That's our show for today, folks. I hope everyone has a, a blessed week. You have been listening to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone, brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. A special thanks to all of our sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor or a guest, please visit toughtalkradionetwork.com for more information.